0: Dear listeners, welcome to Medicine Today on Digital Health, a podcast focusing on how tech innovations are reshaping healthcare, medicine and healthcare systems around the globe. I am your host, Tiasa Zaitz, and today you'll be able to hear a recording of a panel on early stage investments in digital health from the Health Israel Conference held in Jerusalem in September. We talked about how digital health investments differ from investments in other sectors. How do investors see the rising market? After all, digital health investments are projected to reach 10 billion American dollars this year. We also touched the topic of ICOs, Initial Coin Offerings, a crowdfunding way of raising money with cryptocurrencies. According to coin schedule, 2.1 billion US dollars have been raised this year alone with ICOs by September. The speakers you will hear from are Clara Leonard, partner at Digital Health Ventures from Germany, Alexander Hoffmann. Merck Ventures from Germany, Christian Seal from Startup Bootcamp in the USA, Kyoko Watanabe from Difta Partners USA, and Matt Storyguard, investor from Connecticut Innovators, also from the USA. First speaker is Christian, explaining his excitement on digital health. My questions as the moderator are re-recorded for better sound quality.
1: So, like, many of you have been an entrepreneur, and I think purpose is really important, and healthcare is one place where you have a real sense of purpose. So, ostensibly, if you're making money in healthcare, you're doing something good, and to me, that's really, really exciting. Uh, Just to dig, dig in a little more about what Matt says about the U.S., so we spend $3 trillion a year in healthcare, $1 trillion is waste. That's three times the GDP of Israel. So think about that. We weigh three times the GDP of Israel. That right there is a massive market. When you look at discrepancies in, in, in health equity and health disparities, people born into the poorest zip code in the U.S., their average life expectancy is 30 years less than somebody born into the richest. So I'm really excited about things that make our system more equitable, efficient, accessible. I'll give you an example of that. Uh, I was diagnosed with an ectopic heartbeat, which means as opposed to your heartbeat just going like this, it will do something di- di- different I went to the ER three times in the past year each time I went it took about two or three hours to uh, get in I had an EKG the EKG cost $6,000 the third time I went in the EP said why don't you just buy this device for $99 which is called Cardia you put it on the back of your phone you can take an EKG you send it to me and if anything happens you can come in so imagine that it cost $18,000 for those three times but I can continuously monitor myself with a $99 device so those devices I'm wearing one right now called the Aura Ring. I mean, technology will solve some of these issues.
0: So to stop there for a minute... How many things have you tried out so far when it comes to digital health solution for consumers?
1: So I'm wearing a ring right now, which is able to, it's called the oil ring. It's from Finland. Uh, it will give you clinical grade sleep tracking. So currently you have to go to, um, a place and put on all these things to go ahead and, and get clinical grade sleep tracking. $299. I can do it every day. Um, I've done the cardia, uh, for my heart. Uh, I've done a few other things and look, it's not the panacea, uh, but there's So many things that I think can make our system a lot more efficient um, and technology will help that.
0: If you talk to medical specialists and ask them what they feel GPs should know about their specialty, almost all of them will say there's something more that the GPs should know because each specialty is special. We keep listening something similar when it comes to digital health, that it's special. So Kyoko, Matt, from your perspective, how different is it in terms of investments? How much different are your expectations about the exit, the sales cycles, and everything else?
2: Yeah, I think there are some similarities and some differences. I think in one of the biggest challenges that we've seen with our companies um, is just the length of time it takes to get from the point where you get a, a customer to say yes to the time that the check Appears in your bank account. Um, you may need the approval of numerous departments, and I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm t- you you know you're, you're living this every day. So I'm not saying anything you don't know, but I do think it does. One of the the biggest differences that we see is that digital health inter- can get into the market with less capital than maybe some other um, healthcare areas, but still um, we do. See a lot of the time that companies underestimate the amount of time it takes to get to market just from the, 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 sales cycle length. So to me, I think that's one critical difference and then in some other markets where it's just, it's much, the, the speed to market is much faster.
3: Uh, yeah, I totally agree with, uh, with Matt, but, uh, um, the fund we have now is focused on healthcare and we sell IT so the investors know that the, they have a different expectation as as to exits. And our investors are corporate, so uh, they're not financial-driven. It's more uh driven so they understand the links. And uh, um, yes, uh, compared to IT, yes, because of uh, regulations and sales cycle, it, it takes longer, we understand that. But digital health, a um, lot of new Players are coming in, or Google, or Apple, or, you know, uh, so um, we do also biotech. Compared to biotech, I think the, the exit, the expectation or exit it will be, we expect a lot
0: shorter than... Did you already have any exits?
3: Uh, no, because our fund, our healthcare fund is, is brand new, so we started this year. And we have uh, six companies we invest um, right now in It's healthcare, so it's, uh, not just digital health. We have a couple of uh, uh, therapies, we have diagnostics, we have digital health. Um, but out of those six, uh, I think uh, digital health company will be the, the has shortest exit time.
0: When it comes to funding, startups have a lot of different options for getting money. Either is it classical investments, family offices, crowdfunding, ICOs, which we are going to talk about a bit later. Then there's accelerator programs and incubator programs that usually offer some financial support. Christian, this question goes to you. Knowing all the different requirements that healthcare includes, how do you see short three-month acceleration programs, and prior to the conference, we also discussed on which funding models might potentially become obsolete first.
1: And just as a clarification, um, in Miami, we work with companies for years. So we, we make an investment, uh, we bring them down, and the whole par- purpose is accelerating commercial traction. So we have a network of healthcare customers, payer provider, a little bit of pharma, um, and you can't do much in three months. So an example of that is we got a company, uh, a, a commitment from the COO that they would power telehealth for a large health system. It took a year until signing, um, and we're going to continue to work with that company. So, yeah, I don't think the three-month model really, re- really works very well for healthcare Um, and I think a lot of people would agree with that if you look back 10 years ago accelerators came about because um, it was much harder to start a company Um, the cost of starting a company was a lot more Um, you need to know how to pitch to investors there was not the uh, I would call the decentralization of of information there was no angel list Um, now those things have changed I I see see what happens Um, but I do think there has to be a new model whether it's equity free or Accelerator programs, whether it's something a big company like IKEA saying we're interested in these five categories, come build product with us. Um, no, I don't think the three-month plug-and-play model uh, in developed markets uh, in industries like healthcare, energy that have longer sales cycles um, will be around. That doesn't mean that you won't have three-month programs in e-commerce perhaps um, or really, really underdeveloped markets. Um, but yes, we have to mature a lot.
0: Alex, maybe you can add a comment. Merck also has its own accelerator.
4: Yeah, so I think, um, and, and to your point, Christian, I think that there's always a difference or a different purpose for each of the vehicles that, for example, Merck has in this case. Like there's the, the accelerator, which has a completely different purpose than the venture fund. So the venture fund is, we're, which uh, is what, what I'm doing is we're, we're doing early stage uh, equity investments in company, uh, in companies um, for both strategic and financial reasons whereas the accelerator has a very different purpose. It's for earlier stage companies um, and it still in my opinion works for healthcare companies or digital health companies because it doesn't mean that within this three month period you're expecting from the company to have a finalized product or ready to to launch product but it just helps the, the company to either get started to understand a bit how to pitch to investors once you reach a certain validation point and um, it, it helps to uh, maybe when you're doing this as a corporate to also open up networks, it even helps the corporate to understand how startups work to, you know, shift their minds and, and try to become a bit more flexible in their typically very rigid uh, uh, methods of work. So I think it really depends on, on what purpose you set for each of those vehicles. Um, but I very much believe these can work alongside, um, especially since, let's say, you have an accelerator that gets companies started at a much earlier stage um, and then uh, the venture fund, in our case, for example, could then follow up with an investment equity.
0: So how big is the fund? Did you have any exits already? How much follow-up do you do on the companies?
4: Yeah. So, I mean, Merck Ventures has evolved along the way. So it was uh, founded in 2009, back then, with a smaller commitment from Merck of 40 million euros, um, and has grown, uh, and back then also only primarily investing in, in therapeutics companies. And in the course of last year, the fund has increased not only in volume, like we have now a 300 million euro commitment to invest in four different funds, um, but as well have more than one fund. So it's uh, one that primarily still continues to do investments in therapeutics. In this case, we have by now, I think, 24 portfolio companies um, and then have added three additional funds that uh, are aligned with the Merck business. And one of these funds is the New Business Fund, which I work for. And we look at uh, digital health companies as well as other types of industries that could fit to the Merck uh, future strategy, if you will. Um, So far, we have a portfolio in total of 28 companies. Again, majority of this is therapeutics. And we've seen uh, a number of exits in the past, uh, but again, purely on on therapeutics and not within digital health. So this is something I cannot really uh, judge at the
0: moment. Clara, your company is dealing only with digital health solutions. So from your expertise, how do you see the rising investments in the market? How much does the growing interest influence you? How much do you have to deal with people that just see opportunity in healthcare without really knowing what they're getting themselves into?
5: It's true that we're focused on digital health, and I think originally um, that was really our value proposition. Um, so when we're pretty recent funds, so we would secured the first closing last year. So we had the very early days of, of the investment period. But the founding team's been active in the space for quite some time. So they were one of the uh, the early investors in in MySugar, for example. So that just that just exited. And the 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 origination of this was to say, all right, there are investors. Active in healthcare that don't really know how to handle all of these digital technologies because they don't come through the same clinical validation, the same evidence generation. Um, and on the other other end of that spectrum, you have all the tech VCs that are just super reluctant to get into healthcare because it's regulated and it's complicated. And so, we really wanted to position ourselves in that in between. And what we see today, and if you look at who the different players are um, in all this, you know, ten billion dollars um, that you mentioned, we see a lot of VCs actually coming. Both from the traditional healthcare or traditional tech so I wouldn't consider that I don't know anything about digital health of course not and I don't think um, people would invest if they didn't know anything but I think there is also a tendency of maybe applying um, specific ways of valuating companies in one or the other um, area, so either traditional healthcare or tech that are now being applied to digital health, um, that can maybe uh, drag the the valuation a bit higher, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? I think it's great to see so many so much interest in in that space. Um, but I think, yeah, that's I, I don't necessarily believe that it's a bubble. I uh, just think that we should, we should pay attention, um, to whatever is going to be developed, especially in, in Europe. I mean, we have a, we have a focus on, uh, on Europe. We're based in Berlin. Uh, we can invest worldwide, but have been mostly active in Europe. Uh, and I think digital health has been, bubbling in the U.S. for quite some time, um, in Israel as well. And now it's it's taking off in Europe and regulation are changing there. And so I think we're at this moment where we want to support companies in taking advantage of that change and and leveraging that in Europe. I think many other investors are seeing that change also happening um, and, of course, taking that
0: advantage as well. Maybe a short comment on accelerators. You are also a mentor in some of them.
5: Um, well, I'm very much aligned with what has been said before. I think the typical program of three months is going to evolve over time um, in helping them generate clinical evidence. And I see more and more accelerator programs that have a specific target in the end, which is raising a series A, having that clinical validation, getting FDA approval. Um, and I think in healthcare, where it's very based on milestone, um, we see that model evolving towards this, and we see models that are more a month, uh, not a month, a year long order or, or two year long um, that I think are going to evolve more in that direction.
0: And what's your perspective on initial coin offerings as a way of fundraising? Are you as investors looking at them? No hard feelings about them. Uh, <laughs> no, I think um, you'll have to adapt your
5: financing ways to whatever fits your company best um, and usually fundings comes with something else that can be recognition, that can be branding, that can be getting intros, knowledge, industry knowledge and so on. So whatever you don't have in your company that your funding can bring, um, and use whatever whatever ways is best for you. Um, something maybe I can add is that, of course, other investors in in the future of your company would look mm-hmm. at who is in your cap table and what were the reason why you brought them in in the first place. Um, because it's important for us to understand what you didn't have um, and if you accepted to give equity for um, an accelerator program, what did that really bring you? Because of course, equity is what you have. Maybe after your employees is the most um, precious thing that you have. So we pay close attention. To how you manage your equity,
0: of course. Kyoko, one of your companies is doing an ICO. Can you share the experience and what's your view from the VC side on this new way of funding?
3: Normally, a venture capital fund can't not buy coins that uh, because it's an limited partnership agreement that we we're not. Allowed to to uh, buy coins. Uh, that's uh, one of our my uh, our companies from previous fund I T fund is uh, doing I C O right now. So I'm and and uh, for investors, that's that's uh, it's not diluted because the money they raise is considered revenue. So you know we're we're okay with that <laughs> ICOs, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with I C O initial coin offering. You offer tokens for money. And uh, right now, it, like in the U.S., it's if you offer it as a sec- security, it's regulated. So you don't want to go that route. But if you offer coins as a utility, it's not regulated yet. But we don't know it's going to change anytime soon. So I think it's a one it's a one way to raise money if if it makes sense for you.
0: There are a few companies, healthcare companies, trying to raise money that way. Since we're in Israel and our time is running up, what can you offer startups from Israel?
2: Like I mentioned, we're an early stage fund. Um, we invest in company. They're, they're, we act as a typical VC fund. We can leave. We can lead rounds. Um, we can follow. Um, you know, we take board seats as appropriate. Uh, our one requirement is that a company's U.S. headquarters um, would have to be in Connecticut. So, back um, we certainly. The reason why I'm here is because we know that this is where the great tech is. We certainly wouldn't presume to move uh, entire companies. It wouldn't be realistic at all. Um, but what we would, what, what 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 the reason why I'm here is because we're looking for companies that are at the point where they're ready to break into the U.S. market market and uh we feel with like we have some advantages in terms of location um and access to payers um some big payers that are in our state as well as customers and health systems um, and and a lot of talent in this area so that's that's the reason why i'm here
0: christian maybe you can continue from the u.s perspective
1: Sure, so we invested in an Israeli company called Voice IT, uh, Voice ITT that some of you may have heard of, uh, and then a few of my LPs are Israelis. And so I've raised this money as an entrepreneur and both as an, an investor and know that a check isn't just a check or you need a lot more, more than that. So, um, what we provide very si- similar to Matt, uh, is access to this healthcare customer base. And there's this real energy in Miami, which is the second largest healthcare di- district in the U.S., which is a little, a little known fact to make it a hub of healthcare innovation across the Americas. Uh, and so when we invest in you, you're getting a lot more than just a check. You're, you're getting real commercial relationships. Um, so I've been to Israel four times now in the past year because I think there's a real opportunity to bring Israeli tech and pair it with that customer base that we have um, in South Florida. And Connecticut is the home of a lot of insurance c- companies, so a- another great place to go as well. But in my view, if you're an entrepreneur coming to the States, why duke it out with everyone in San Francisco Boston New York why not come somewhere where you can be a really big fish in a growing pond which is both South Florida and Connecticut.
0: What about you Kyoko? You've invested in Japan, Israel, the US market. What are the plans for digital health in Israel?
3: We haven't uh, in a healthcare fund
0: uh IT fund we've invested in Israel in uh, early 2000s and the last two speakers Alex and Clara, what are you bringing to Israel? I uh,
4: thought well, okay. so the question was why are we here so <laughs> the question is indeed um, I mean obviously we uh, as a venture fund uh, we don't have any geographic limitations when it comes to investment so we can invest anywhere and as a matter of fact we invested in an Israeli company earlier this year in Medisave so we participate in the series B of that company and uh, what main reason of course is to find more companies uh, that, that fit to our investment focus and uh, where we believe that there is a great opportunity to also participate in any fundraising on top we have good relationships with Israel based on a bio incubator that was set up in 2011 which is purely in the field of therapeutics uh, which is starting or founding very early stage companies that are based on academia um, and really assess, assisting in the whole company setup uh early financing and then also trying to support in in later stages uh, of financing as well um and on top we won this year as merck um a tender to start an accelerator program actually for um materials companies or materials science companies and this uh is a very new setup that has been or is still in the process of of launching and will be inviting any companies that are more in the field of material science, so not necessarily healthcare, to also participate in that. And based on this, we believe that Israel is a good spot to find uh, good investments.
5: So the reason why I'm here is to try to understand if our value proposition resonates with what um, your entrepreneurs are looking for here. Um, Because I think in the past, um, most of Israeli entrepreneurs have some I would say a little bit bypassed Europe and went directly to the U.S., and rightly so, right? I would have done the same. Um, but as I mentioned before, I think the um, the European markets are really opening up and are a lot more appetites to um, healthcare technologies and digital health. You see reimbursement models that are being developed now for remote monitoring in France, for teleconsultation in Germany, in the U.K. as well. So I think all of that um, – these are things that, that we're aware of. Um and our network um, is is very strong in in Europe and we tend to understand the different healthcare system very well Um, so try to understand where your business model could fit within Europe, uh, what are the different financial incentives and and which would be the best healthcare system to implement it it in so if um, you're looking for a partner, because we tend to work very closely with the companies we invest in um, so if that's something you're interested in and you're looking for a strong partner to develop, so mostly in Europe because this is what a value proposition could be, um, then I'll be welcome and, and happy to talk to you.
0: This was the 18th episode of Medicine Today on Digital Health. If you want to know more about the VC perspective on digital health market, check episode 12, where the topic was the rethinking of the patient as a customer, payment models and funding options in digital health.